coming up. I made a promise to my wife on her deathbed. I made a promise to my father, to my mother, and to my children that I would bring her home before my time was up. I think any parent would be optimistic, obviously, when they get a piece of information. And we understand that he is anxious uh, for this to be resolved and to find his daughter. We just have to take the information and weigh it against what we, we already know. For Vault Studios, I'm Will Johnson. You're listening to The Daily Crime. Kimberly Moreau disappeared on May 10th, 1986, when she was 17 years old. That night, she had an argument with her boyfriend and canceled their plans to go to the Jay High School prom. Instead, she went out with a friend and met up with two men who were acquaintances. She was last seen getting into a white Pontiac Trans Am. Kim was declared legally deceased in 1993. It's a case that is still baffling investigators in Maine. Even as Kimberly Moreau's father still holds on to hope that he'll get an answer to what happened to his teenage daughter back in 1986, I'm joined by Chris Costa, reporter at News Center, Maine, in Portland, Maine. Chris, 35 years this year, we've covered cases that go back decades, but 35 years is a long time. Tell us about what we know about the last night Kimberly Moreau was seen alive. It goes back to the night of Kim's, uh, I think it was the night before Kim's what would have been her junior prom. Um, she had said she was going to go hang out with some friends. Um, and then last thing she knew, you know, the last thing that basically any, anytime anybody saw her, she was at the bottom of her driveway at her home in Jay. Uh, she got into a car with, I believe, two males. They've conducted several extensive, extensive searches in the area where she lived in kind of uh, almost northwest Maine. And police say at this time that they do suspect foul play or some kind of violence in this case. So what we know, at least in terms of the general public, is that she disappeared on that May 9th, has never been seen again. And there really haven't been any substantial leads as far as the public is aware after all those years. Not particularly. Um, Again, they've done some searches. Um, You know, her father gets tips frequently from the public. He wishes that some of them were a little more concrete. You know, he's, after 35 years, you can imagine he's heard just about every tip there is out there. They've done several searches. Um, About five years ago, uh, coming up on six years ago, um, they did a search at the home of a man who she was known to be friends with at the time. Right now, a search is underway in the town of Canton that could turn up key evidence in a missing persons case dating back nearly 30 years. Authorities are searching this five-acre property located off of Route 108 in Canton. State police say it belongs to Brian Enman. Kim Moreau's father says he's the same man that was behind the wheel of a Pontiac Trans Am, a car his daughter was last seen getting into 29 years ago. We're just sitting today hoping and praying that they uh, that they discover something, find a piece of bone that says it's, it's her, and that's all. All I want to do is get her home. We're hoping whoever knows uh, where Kim is, hopefully they do the right thing, um, and they're able to tell us, uh, not only for Mr. Uh, Moreau, but also for the investigators who have worked this case uh, you know, since 1986, so. Officers spent part of the day turning up soil to let gases from any potential human remains escape. 
but authorities are not saying if any evidence was discovered on the property. Moreau's father, who has spent countless hours putting up flyers like this one, only wants one thing, to bury his daughter. They didn't find anything. They were on scene there for four days, and that was about five years ago. They found no evidence, and they now consider the property clear. We know it's like basically looking for a needle in a haystack. That's what we're doing. People ask me, are you disappointed with it? No, because we've narrowed down the field. So we're going back and, we, and we'll put another plan together. Uh, there's disappointment, absolutely. I mean, uh, we were all going up with the feeling that all of this was going to come to an end. I've been down that road and I've seen things that looked positive before. And I said I would try not to let my emotions control me so that the coming down of this, I can remain on the positive side and look forward. Do you cry anymore? Absolutely. I think I cry more now than I ever did because I think I am uh, much more sensitive to how precious life is. I sometimes can, I'll sometimes go to church and see a little girl and I can picture my, my daughter's at that same age and uh, it'll touch me and I'll, I'll tear up. I never had a chance to uh, see my daughter grow up. I never had a chance to walk her down the aisle. It's taken many years for me to get to where I'm at, where I can be comfortable with knowing the only thing that matters in the end is bringing Kim home. And then again, the most recent search I believe came in, yeah, it was June 2019. They did, they did a dig at a, at a location. A tip in one of Maine's oldest cold cases has yielded no results. Late this morning, state police investigators searched underground on private property on Route 4 in Livermore for the remains of Kimberly Moreau. She went missing 33 years ago from the town of Jay at the age of 17. Kimberly's father, Richard, tells News Center that investigators used ground-penetrating radar and they dug up a concrete slab, but they did not find his missing daughter's remains. Richard is begging anyone with information to call him or state police. So yeah, there's been a real lack of, of, of credible lead. Every couple of years, there's something that sort of activates a police presence or a search. Um, but so far, they've been unsuccessful in finding anything. You have spoken with Richard Moreau. That's her father I mentioned. What was it like sitting down with him after decades uh, and talking about this search for his, his daughter who, you know, he had just, she vanished? Yeah, I, I, you know, I'll, I'll I'll walk you through a little bit. You know, I had just I had just arrived in Maine in July 2015, and it took a couple of days of going back over and over again, checking in on him, seeing how he's doing, and asking him to give updates. Now he's been very friendly with the media, um, especially because he wants to get attention out there about Kim's case. Um, but for the years that I worked in Maine, you know, every time there was a development, he'd give me a call. We'd get together, you know, we'd, we'd put together a story just to keep Kim's name in the news um, and, and keep reminding people because he's very convinced that there is somebody out there with intimate knowledge of this case who knows exactly what happened and is just refusing to come forward. And what makes it particularly heartbreaking is that over these years, the people who have that intimate knowledge have started to pass away. Some of these people are taking what he believes are vital secrets to the grave. And that's information that, unless they've passed it on to somebody else, could be the tipping point in bringing his daughter home.
Richard Morrow is still waiting for that one crucial tip that leads him to his daughter, Kim. He says the people who know where she is refuse to speak up. How they can live with it, it's beyond me. I don't know. Now Richard is working on a new tip, one that state police would not speak about in detail, but that Richard believes is credible. Came from a person dying. I'll say that much. Do you feel this is the closest you've ever been to finding her? Yes. Why? Because of the information we got and some of the things that's coming out. I think that it could possibly end the very next time we go down. Richard says he does not care about a criminal case, just bringing his daughter home. What will it bring me? Will it ever take away one tear? Will it ever take away one minute's sleep that I lost? Will it take uh, any of the hurt away from us? No, it won't. Richard is kind of, I think, is, is understanding of the fact that his daughter is likely not alive. And you can imagine how heartbreaking that must be to have that thought and still, after 35 years, want to be able to have some type of end to this case, to be able to bring her home, give her a proper burial. He's said over and over again he has no interest in criminal charges at this point. He, they just recently offered a new $5,000 reward uh, because he says that the statute of limitations on an accidental death case has run out. He doesn't care about uh, what many people might consider justice at this point. He simply wants his daughter home. Um, and when you think about that just as a human being, that somebody's been missing their child for 35 years, not knowing what happened, that's heartbreaking. Yeah, you know, it doesn't take that long, at least in the big scheme of things, for a cold case to get to a point in time where the original investigators and then, you know, potentially parents or family are no longer alive. Sure. You know, and, that, and again, that's what complicates things for police um, and obviously Richard as well. You know, if they had somebody who was willing to come forward and tell them the information they need to know, this could all be put to bed without any criminal trial or lawsuits or anything like that. At least that's what Richard's indicated over and over and over again. And they just they just want her to come home. The family of a girl who went missing 35 years ago is offering a new $5,000 reward for information to find her or her remains. Anyone with information can contact the family at justwanttofindher at gmail.com. You can see it right there at the bottom of your screen. You know, as this case nears 35 years of being unsolved, it would be great. I know Richard would appreciate being able to finally be done with this. You know, he's told me in the past that, you know, when I last spoke to him, he said, hey, I feel good, I feel healthy, I feel like I can keep doing this. But there have been times in the past when I've, you know, accompanied him as he, um, every year around this time um, and around the time of her disappearance, you know, this is kind of like early springtime. So go around the neighboring towns in his area, Jay, where they're from, Livermore Falls, uh, and he'll put up signs, missing posters, with his daughter's face. He's purchased this special duct tape that's weatherproof, um, laminates all the signs, and he, and he hangs them up so that they can't be damaged by weather or anything like that. Um, you know, and he'll put them on every 
telephone pole he possibly can in town. He uses his bright colored tape to try to draw people's eyes to it. Keep his uh, daughter's story out there and let them know that after 35 years, he's still waiting for her to come home. Um, and he's told me in the past, you know, there's some days he just feels like he, <laughs> like he doesn't know how much longer his body can keep up with this. Um, but his mind is willing. And he's hoping his body can kind of keep up as well, obviously, as he gets older. Chris Costa, I hope you'll keep us updated if anything does come up with this case, any any new developments. Please do. Yeah, absolutely. Well, happy to do it. Thanks once again for listening to The Daily Crime. We're here every weekday, Monday through Friday. Check out our full lineup of shows, including Bardstown and The Officer's Wife, at vaultstudios.com. For Vault Studios, I'm Will Johnson. <laughs>